Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, so this week is the third in a series of three episodes about being a pro. Now, um, I actually am re-recording this episode because uh, if you listen to last week's episode, I mentioned that this one would be about the more sort of uh, ambiguous areas of being a professional at work when it comes to sort of physical contacts and things like that. And subsequent to me recording that episode, the Guardian reported on the allegations that were made against the um, actor and filmmaker Noel Clark. So I've decided to re-record it. I guess I should say as well that if anything that I'm discussing in in this episode has affected you, then please, please talk to somebody. We're hopefully in a different time now where people take such allegations um, seriously and treat the victims of these things with respect rather than, you know, how it has been in the past where people have tried to brush the problem under the carpet or turn a blind eye. Yeah. So if anything in this episode triggers you or you feel like you need to discuss it or or things come up, please, please, please make room for yourself and have a conversation with somebody so that you can just, um, just express how you're feeling. And if there is something that needs to be taken care of or something done about something, then please make sure that you tell the appropriate people so that that can be done. So welcome to another episode of Creative Source. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. doesn't matter where you are on the journey, whether you're just starting out, whether you're mid-flow, you're returning to the arts, or you're aspiring. You haven't quite figured out exactly what you want to do, or maybe you know, and you just don't know where to start, or you're just getting started. Where, wherever you are, basically, that's what I'm getting at. This is a conversation for you. First off, I just want to say thank you to all the Patreon patrons that have signed up. Thank you for um, supporting this podcast. You're helping make this conversation available to creatives all around the world, I'm discovering. As I look on the dashboard for where this uh, podcast is hosted, it tells me 
uh, people are in all kinds of different countries. So I pr- appreciate you um, coming back every week and just uh, enjoying, I hope anyways, enjoying the podcast. In the last two episodes, we were talking about being a pro. In the first episode, we spoke about practical matters, things that you can do to be professional at work, timekeeping and planning and such like. In the second of these episodes, we started to get into the sort of more ambiguous territory, um, communication and things like that, how we speak to people. And I realized at the end of that, so um, I, I realized that there was so much to say on the matter of physical contact, intimacy, that type of thing, that it warranted another episode. And as I also said, since I um, recorded that episode, the Noel Clark allegations were made. Personally, as I read them, I I just shuddered. I was I was just horrified. So I felt like it was appropriate to just account for that in this episode. Well, one of the things that's true of some areas of the creative industries, particularly ones that involve performance, is that one has to build up a rapport quite quickly with the people that you're working with, either so that you can just get along and get the job done, or because you're supposed to have some on-screen or on-stage relationship with that person. And that can lead to lines getting blurred. Um, James Redmond made a a clip for this um, recording, and I I ended up, it was... um, it was easier to just to say what he said. He said that on set, sometimes your character will ha- be in a relationship with that actor or that actor's character. And they'll be brother to that person and mother to that person. You would have just had an argument with that person. So you have to, in quite short order, create that relatedness. But to do that <laughs> involves the actor as a person creating that relatedness, going out, maybe having drinks together, that type of thing. And so in the creative industries, it can, the lines can get blurred. And I guess because it's such a personable industry, maybe that's why the lines get blurred. But either way, it's an important part of our industry and one that I felt warranted um, a conversation. So I figured we could start by talking about personal space. And the thing is, times have changed. We previously have all made a lot of assumptions about being in each other's personal space. Um, And, you know, with the pandemic, it's had us have to review that. But anyways, it's worth us taking a moment and just addressing some of the assumptions that we've made around personal space. I follow um, an account, uh, the, the comedian and actress and singer and dancer, Amanda Seals. And she posted recently that um, she just doesn't want people to just assume that they can hug her. She's popular. She's in um, she's in Insecure and she's stand up and she's she done a, a load of amazing things. And so I guess when people, sometimes when people see her, they assume that they know her better than they actually do and they want to hug her. And one of the things that she said in this post was, listen, don't say I'm a hugger and then go in for a hug and think that that makes a hugging me basically intruding into my personal space. OK, it doesn't work like that. And it's a really important point because uh, as a friend of mine pointed out back in the day uh, before camera phones, the fan interactions involved um, autographs. So so you there wasn't necessarily uh, a need to have that sort of close quarters um, contact with somebody. But now it's photos. And so the assumption is an arm's going to go around here or around a waist or whatever. And not everybody's comfortable with that. that that's a very specific problem. as <laughs> a celebrity, like international star type of problem. But it does point to the fact that it's important to just take account of how somebody wants to be touched? What are their boundaries in terms of their personal space? 
I remember once I was um, finishing a meeting with an exec and um, I hugged him (laughs) and he just went completely rigid. And in that moment, I was like, oh man, I've just like made a huge assumption that he's okay with this. He, He kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? The weird thing is, is that some people will be okay with it. I have ended some meetings that have ended in a little hug and a, you know, peck on the cheek or whatever. But with this particular one, he was just like, what are you doing? So it's really important to be aware of people's personal space. And I would say just if it's a meeting context, just go for a handshake, man. That isn't weird to just shake somebody's hand. It's actually fine. And even when it comes to handshakes in America, in American casting offices, they don't even like shaking hands. And that was a real sort of like, that was quite jarring for me as a British actor coming over because, you know, if a casting director knows you or likes you, they might give you a little hug or a kiss or something. But in the States, they don't even want you to shake their hands. As far as they're concerned, you know, they're they're shaking hands with maybe 30, 40, 50 people a day and they don't want it. So it's always good to know what somebody else's parameters are for personal contact, but also what your own is. I don't know if you've seen pictures of uh, Keanu Reeves on red carpets, but oftentimes, I don't know if he does this every single time, but when he's with a female co-star, he doesn't actually touch them. He puts his arm around them. But if you look, there's a gap between his hand and their body. And I don't know where he's coming from with that, whether it's self-preservation or respect or a little bit of both. But for anybody who's feeling like, oh, you can't do anything now or feeling compromised, you actually don't have to be compromised by this. Keanu Reeves is demonstrating that there is a way around it where the photographer gets the photo they want, the two um, leading co-stars together, but he doesn't have to intrude into somebody else's personal space. I think the fundamental thing of this is it's really about bringing consciousness to it and not just making these broad assumptions. For example, even when I'm on on set with kids as well, um, which is obviously you have to be even more um, aware of who you're being uh, around kids. And I played mums to lots of different kids, some young, some teenage, um, or, you know, the, the, they're actually in their twenties, but playing teenagers. And I, especially with the younger ones, I try to, um, relate to them. Like I'm a teacher at the end of, end of the school year, you know, like create that type of vibe because I've got to build up this rapport with them, whether the kid knows that's what I'm up to or not. You know, I know that I need to create this, um, relationship with them where I could plausibly be their mother, the person who's nurtured them, loved them, you know, cleaned a scratched knee, told them off, loved them, hugged them, put them to bed, all that sort of stuff. But do it in a way that's obviously appropriate and professional without the kid feeling like you're, you're trying to manufacture something. It's tough. And also, uh, you know, it, it's, it's easy to get things wrong. I mean, I'm talking in, across the board in terms of professionalism, but as Maya Angelou said, when you know better, do better. You're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho and me, Caroline Quentin. So that's personal space. Just it's really just I I guess I'm really just saying bring consciousness to it. And also, by the way, I should have said this up top, but 
I, I'm not coming from any place of like absolute knowing, you know, I'm, these are just some thoughts that I'm sharing and I've made mistakes and had to put things right and, and stuff like that. So I'm just letting you know what I've ex- uh, learned over the years that I've been working in um, the creative industries. So next I wanted to talk about flirting because we're sort of, <laughs> the bodies are kind of moving closer together. And by the way, this is not a um, right or wrong, do's or don'ts type of conversation. You have to make those judgments based on, you, you know, your own sort of moral compass, your own sense of right and wrong. I, I'm not necessarily looking for you to take away, oh, a checklist. I must do these things on set or when I'm working or I must not do these things. It's more like, look, here's what I've experienced over the 18 years or whatever it is that I've been working in this field. Um, longer, gosh, if you count post-production. But anyway, um, so so flirting is the next one to talk about. And it can be fun and it can be completely platonic. But instead of a do or a don't, I would just say be careful because actually flirting is an art. It really is an art form. And when somebody's good at it, you probably won't even know that it's really happening because flirting is um, it's really about um, asking a question and sensing someone's response to that question, whether the question is asked with body language or, or verbally, your flirting is a very delicate and subtle exchange that goes on between two people. Uh, if you're not very good at it, I would say just now, I would say just don't do it. But over my overall thing is just be careful with it. And anything that you feel like it appears to be moving more into the personal, out of the playful and into the personal, I would say take it out of work. Now, one thing that I I did realize as I was putting this together is that uh, how can you tell the difference between flirting and harassment? Because some people may think they're flirting, but actually they're, they're bothering somebody. And I think for me, the big difference is that flirting is, like I say, it's subtle, a subtle exchange between two people. It's asking the question, hey, what do you think? Whereas harassment is about taking. Flirting is an inquiry. Um, harassment is assuming the answer. Flirting is is kind of testing the water. Uh, harassment is just drinking the water without asking. And uh, what I realized as well is that I wanted to sort of give some advice. Oh, you know, if you're not sure, then then don't or something like that. But the problem, I think, with people who harass people at work is that they don't know that they're not good at flirting. They may actually think that they're flirting. So unfortunately, the only thing I can really say about this, which which pains me, is that if you feel harassed by somebody, then refer to somebody else, refer it up, take, take it to your line manager, take it to your boss take it to somebody that can do something about it. Because uh, unfortunately, the person who's doing it may not realise that what they're doing is actually harassment. So what about when one finds oneself in a compromised situation? So I'm talking about things like hotel rooms, trailers, that type of thing. Again, I can't say a do or a don't. And sometimes you may um, be invited to a hotel room and it's perfectly innocent and, you know, it's fine. So obviously one has to use their own judgment. But it is if you're in a work situation, going to somebody's hotel room or inviting somebody to your hotel room is immediately a compromised situation because that is your private space. Even if you're away with work, your hotel room is not a workspace. It's your home space. And if your 
working, uh, you know, in the hotel room, that doesn't make it a workspace. It's still your bed where your stuff is and it's just a personal space. So, so I would say avoid it, just avoid it. I heard about uh, David Schwimmer doing uh, an interview uh, with a journalist and he asked in a hotel room and he asked that journalist if they wanted a chaperone. I'm assuming it was a woman. And as much as he was probably doing it out of chivalry, he was probably also doing it out of self-protection because this, you know, it's just easier for him to just draw down uh, clear boundaries and say, look, (laughs) the easiest thing for both of us is if there's somebody else there. Um, Not in a kind of Mike Pence kind of way, but, you know, just just for clarity's sake. I was um, on set one time and working with quite a sort of well-known actor and I offered to run lines with him and I went into his trailer and I shut the door and sat down. And when I was in there, he said, um, you know, it's such a warm night. I'm, I'm going to open the door. And as he did that, my, I just thought, oh, of course, he's protecting himself because you know, who knows who will see that, what assumptions people will make or whatever, whatever, whatever. We're in strange times. And so I guess he felt like it was better for him that people could see into the trailer with the door open. Um, And I've done a a few jobs for um, a streaming service that even has created a video for you to watch specifically about these things. That's how seriously they're taking it as employers. And so as employees of these companies, if we're issued with guidelines around these things, we must follow them. It's in our interest. And they're not rules. They're not the law, but they're guidelines to guide us, (laughs) to help us. So um, if you do find yourself in a situation like that and the company has issued guidelines, for your own sake and for the sake of the people you're working with, just follow them. You're in a work environment, so work rules apply. So listen, guys, I've slightly, I'm always tweaking, but I've slightly changed the ways that you can support the podcast. I figured I had actually had too many because I had this uh, a Patreon, I got Acast, I got Cameo. So I've decided um, to drop Cameo. That hasn't resonated, <laughs> I think. So from now on, it's just uh, Acast and uh, Patreon are the spaces in which you can support this podcast. Thank you, obviously, to the people that have done that already. And if you're thinking uh, that you are getting so much value out of this podcast that you would like to support it too, just check out the Patreon page and have a look-see at some of the um, perks that are on offer. And also, if you're a business that's looking to have your sponsorship message read by me, then um, just get in touch. There's also a perk for that. So we've talked about um, flirting when it can go wrong. But what about, I guess, when it goes right? Um, When it looks like you're, I don't know, becoming involved with somebody at work, which can happen. It happens all the time. Um, Again, I'm no expert, but my uh, take on that would be keep it off work premises. Like as soon as, as I said earlier, as soon as it starts to go or look like it's going into the personal 
take it off the work premises. You didn't come there for that. You know, that's not what you're there for. And like I say, work rules apply. And whilst obviously being in a relationship with somebody is not against the rules, it is in your interest and the other person's interest to conduct yourself in a professional manner while you're there. And also like to compartmentalize, I guess, so that, you know, uh, if anything does break down between you guys, it doesn't affect your work environment because, it is really unpleasant for people around you to be in the presence of two people who are in something toxic. Also, um, uh, as, as well, it's so, so important to keep anything physical off work premises. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Um, that's a whole world of drama that no, no one really should be getting into. Okay, so relationships at work, that happens, that can happen. And that's totally fine. But what about, um, when the relationship is on screen? So what about basically on screen, on stage, on set intimacy? So I was lucky enough to have a, an intimacy director, Yarit Dorr, give some bite-sized advice on this very topic. Um, she actually, um, has broken the whole process down into five kind of areas. And so I figured the one that I thought was really interesting and pertinent to this conversation that we were having is the one that she uh, did about consent. So I've included that in this episode, but if you're on the middle tier of Patreon, then you can hear all five of them. So Yarrett works um, on set and on stage with actors um, to create those scenes of intimacy that you might see on stage or on screen. And so here she shares some thoughts on that. The second stage is considering consent. So before we place any physical contact, we need to know what the other, what we're comfortable with, what are our touch boundaries uh, or kind of physical action boundaries and what the same for our scene partner or partners. Um, consent is really important because it has to be freely given. It has to be reversible so you can change your mind at any point. Uh, you can make counter offers, which means um, I'm not comfortable with X. However, Y would help me if we do X, Y, and Z, then that will help my characters. It needs to be informed. And needs to give enough information so the person can actually give a yes enthusiastically and be willing to wholeheartedly go into that action. And lastly, it needs to be specific. So the minute you agree to explore something physical that has an intimate or violent content, then you're being specific that you're agreeing to explore that for that moment and that moment only. So uh, we don't assume that if on another scene there's also a kiss or there's also simulated sex or there's also nudity, then we don't assume that the actor, oh, because they've said yes before, they're probably going to be comfortable with this here. No, we still have to go through all the stages to double check uh, because they might not see it necessary for their character in that particular moment versus with another moment, they might find that more necessary. So that was Yarrit Dorr, who is an intimacy director, which is, is a kind of a brand new role. Uh, but it is staggering to think that it is new and that there was a time when no one was taking care of the actors 
in this respect. It, it's, it's kind of baffling and, and unsurprising in a way that so many people abuse this kind of, um, this, these scenarios. But anyway, so she's worked on uh, Death and the Salesman, you know, the Wendell Pierce production that was recently on in the West End, uh, Demeanor, Code 404 for Sky, Carnival Row, Bridgerton. Um, and obviously those that know Bridgerton know that there was a, a lot of intimate scenes in that. White Lines, also the same, Atlanta as well. So she's had a lot of experience in this field. And in that clip, uh, that was the second of five of, of the five clips that she did. Um, she was talking about consent. And one thing that I thought was really interesting about what she said is that even if something was agreed in one scenario or one context, it had to be re-agreed in a new one so that, uh, you know, uh, the uh, actors and the director don't make assumptions about what's okay for a person. So just because there was a kiss or a, uh, or whatever in one scene, it doesn't mean that the, uh, and it's been consented to, it doesn't mean that it's consented to later on. As I say, if you want to hear more about what Yara has to say uh, about this whole field, I'm going to put it in the extras. Do you know what, you guys, I've just decided I'm going to make it available uh, just anyways to everybody because I think it's the sort of thing that everyone needs to hear. So th this is one of the few um, Patreon extras I'm actually just going to make available across the board. What I would also add to what Yarrett was saying um, was if you're whether you're participating in these um, scenes or whether your crew on them, please be respectful because the actors are putting themselves in an incredibly vulnerable situation. I mean, I I sort of get palpitations whenever I just watch somebody in an intimacy scene uh, thinking uh, they are so brave for doing that. Uh, just just being derobed anyways, but let alone what they may have to do, especially if it's a scene that involves sexual violence or something like that. I'm just full of admiration for people that are able to put themselves into those situations. So if you're crewing on that, if you're even if you're in the scene, be respectful of your scene partner or the people in the, in the scene. And actually, if you've seen somebody, uh, an actor or something like that, that's put themselves into those uh, those situations, do be respectful of that. They've shared something with you that's incredibly personal. Anyway, I think it's obvious. Be respectful. Also, when you're on set, be mindful of that banter uh, of what type of conversations you're having around somebody uh, who's in a scene like that. I guess let them take the lead in terms of how the conversation goes, but be aware, obviously, like I say, they're in a very vulnerable situation or, uh, uh, yeah, a vulnerable situation. Um, Patricia Arquette um, was watching a, an interview that she did. I think it was on the um, those Vanity Fair actors on actors. And she said that if, Somebody, if she was doing a scene that involved nudity and she discovered that a crew member uh, was there that didn't need to be there, she would punch them. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to punch them in the face. And um, whilst I don't condone, condone the violence, I, I get what she, where she's coming from. It's just like, why are you there? This is just such a private moment. And it should be, what should happen is that they're closed sets and i.e. only those who are absolutely authorised to be there can be there. This is one of the issues with um, that's come out in these allegations that were made is that some of those scenes that involved intim intimacy were not made close sets. They weren't protecting the actors that were involved. 
It's so important to protect the people that are putting themselves in these situations to create the scenes that we enjoy watching on, on, in TV shows and in films. That's not going to be possible if the, if they, if they don't feel safe in those, uh, in those situations. I was in a play very early on. In fact, it was the first, first acting job I ever had. And in it, the opening scene involved, um, uh, four or five male actors. I think they'd just come out of the shower from having played a game of football and they'd, you know, gone into the shower rooms or whatever. And so they actually start the play naked. And I'm, I'm disappointed actually, when I look back on that, because the women in the, in the cast kind of thought it was a funny game to go and sit stage side and, and watch every now and again. And I don't even remember seeing anything to be honest, but it's that lack of thought and care actually, that is what I'm pointing to. It's what I'm talking about is making, allowing, um, the, uh, your fellow actors or uh, allowing people you're watching or working with to feel safe. And while some of the guys, they brushed it off and they laughed it off. Actually, one of them was just like, I'm, I'm really disappointed with you guys. And we actually, we were so, we were so blind to what we were doing that we thought he was joking. But what I realized subsequently is that, you know, we have a lot of conversations around how men treat women and often the um, abuses of power are men abusing their power. That is just that is just the way things are. And I'm not saying anything controversial by, by saying that, but equally it's important for women to also respect the male body because they have hangups and, and, and things like that about, about their bodies too. And so for us to not um, respect that was, was, was not okay. Now I'm not talking about the same thing because Male aggression towards women is a different thing even than women's um, sort of maybe advances or whatever towards men. It may seem like it's the same thing because it's the same type of action or something like that, but it's not because the construct of society and the history of how men have treated women is so different. Doesn't mean that they're not both valid conversations to have, but they are different conversations. Nonetheless, they're both important. Women need to um, show respect to, to male bodies when it comes to this type of thing, as much as men um, need to do the same for women. So there's no listener comment this week, but I hope that there's been enough food for thought in this podcast for you to really get a sense of what's required of you um, in the workspace when it comes to being professional about physical contact, personal space, flirting, that type of thing. So guys, as always, I like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast is not sponsored by anybody. It's not, uh, you know, a Spotify uh, podcast or an Amazon podcast or anybody like that. It's literally you guys however you guys choose to support it is the support that it has so if you feel moved to sign up and become a patron of the podcast on patreon then do please check out the patreon page link is in the show notes if you're not ready to commit to me <laughs> on a month to month basis then you can make a one-off contribution on Acast, and both will be very much appreciated So what are the key points really about being professional in the workplace? And I'm not just talking about what we've discussed today, but overall, you know, across the three episodes that we've, um, or the three areas that we've been looking at in these episodes. And this, by the way, this is not exhaustive. There's always, more, there's always more that can be done. But the headlines for me are 
read the room. I, I would say really take a moment to question your assumptions and read where the room is at. Now, again, that's a skill not everybody has, but try and start to tune in to where somebody else is at. What's the tone of this meeting? What's the tone of this conversation? What does this person want from this exchange? What do I want from this exchange? Do I feel comfortable here? That type of thing. Reading the room, I guess, includes reading where you're at. What do you want? Are you comfortable in this situation? Does it feel right to you? You know, we were talking about going into hotel rooms and things like that. Does this feel, does this feel safe? Does this feel okay? Does this feel ambiguous? Does this feel like blurred lines or is it really clear why we're both in this particular space, wherever it may be? Be respectful. By doing that, people may find you distant if you don't engage in certain things like you don't go in for a certain type of banter or whatever, or you push back on flirting or, or, or whatever. But better that you're distant than you're flirty and grabby or, or weird or obnoxious or inappropriate or whatever. Better that you are actually distant. Be appropriate. And if anything is unclear, ask, what did you mean by that? So I'm not sure I, I understood. Sorry, are you asking me if I can or whatever it is, you know, just be be appropriate. And if someone if it feels like someone's being inappropriate with you, then just do feel empower yourself to ask. Now, I know that's not easy. I've been in so many situations. In fact, one happened like just a few months ago where somebody said something to me and it took me so by surprise that I actually felt disabled to be able to say something. And then the moment passed and I never, I never have actually spoke up for myself. So I don't say this lightly, you know, uh, about asking because it's not always easy. And sometimes um, conversations and interactions can be like this bullet train that goes through your space. And before you've actually caught what was said or really processed the inappropriateness of what was said, the moment's gone. Um, so I, I know it's not always easy, but if you're in doubt about something, refer to a boss, refer to your agent. If that's the, you, you know, the work dynamic you have, that's the team you have, or speak to a line manager or speak to somebody. Just, it might be that you just need to air what it is that's going on, or you're confused. Even if you're in confusion, don't feel like you have to be clear about what's concerning you about an interaction or something like that before you can speak on it. You can say, I, I, I God, is this weird? But I just had an interaction with this person and it made me really uncomfortable. Am I going crazy? Just, just have that conversation because at least then it will start to help you tease out what it is that you're feeling. Um, and if something has happened where action needs to be taken, speak to the people that can take those actions. Don't feel like you're on your own or you have to deal with this alone. We're in a day and age, thank God, that when something happens to somebody, you're going to be believed, or at least you're more likely to. Uh, unfortunately, not every victim of a, an incident is is believed instantly, but we're in a much better position than we were you know, maybe a few years ago, even prior to the Me Too movement, a lot of things were swept under the carpet, but that's not happening now. And in fact, decisive action is being taken against those who've had um, accusations leveled against them. So feel, empower yourself to speak to whoever you need to speak to. Generally speaking, I mean, let's go back to speaking in a more sort of umbrella way about, about being a professional at work. Be kind. There is literally no situation where kindness is not in accord with being a professional. <laughs> it's just not. It's like kindness, 
And kindness doesn't mean being a pushover. Kindness just means being considerate and being compassionate. Kindness will not compromise anything. It will be completely in accord with professionalism. Be responsible. There's really uh, an opportunity for some grown upness. <laughs> in in being responsible. And as I said previously, being responsible is not the same as taking the blame. You know, you can be responsible for something that you didn't cause. That's what managers are. They're responsible for things that their employees have done, but they take responsibility because they're ready to step into that bigger space of being, basically, and be less about complaint. That's why um, when you have a, a boss who just complains all the time, it, it's distasteful because you're like, you're in that bigger position of responsibility. Complaining, you sort of, as you go higher up the food chain, you're giving up your right to complain. So, so be responsible. And complain doesn't mean, or not complaining doesn't mean not being allowed to speak up about something that's wrong. It's about being responsible in your speaking when you're talking about something that's wrong compartmentalize, have work, be work and home, be home and do the best you can to not have those two lines blur in whatever way that may mean. Now that doesn't mean don't be emotional at work. Don't let your emotions out. Sometimes creative work is fueled by our emotions. It doesn't have to be about containing your emotions. It can just be about knowing what's appropriate for work and and what belongs in your personal space. And one last thing to add as well, who we are at work, like who we're being in how we interact with people, how we conduct ourselves, that is just as important as how much talent you have. Because especially when you're starting out, you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't conduct yourself in a manner that is professional and respectful of the people around you, you won't get on. And as much as we do see bad behavior from those who are at the top of the tree, rightly or wrongly, it's sometimes overlooked because of their stature. But as we've also seen, that overlooking is starting to come to an end. So really, it doesn't matter where you are on your career path, those bad behaviors, the the unprofessionalness that that will catch up eventually. So guys, thank you so much for um, sticking with this trio of episodes. We keep having these little mini series within the series. This was, I feel like an important one to to tackle. And I'm really glad that I re-recorded it and just shared some thoughts that are a bit more appropriate to what has been going on. I think in my mind, I was just in a kind of post-Weinstein kind of false bliss that, okay, now this sort of stuff isn't happening in the workplace, but evidently it still is. So there's still a lot of work to do. And the way that we can do the work is just by taking care of ourselves in terms of setting our own boundaries, being really clear, being kind, respectful, compartmentalizing, and just doing all the things that we discussed in this episode about how to, how to be in the workplace. But this is quite a, a kind of not heavy topic, but it, it kind of is. Um, it's not what we want to be thinking about front and center in terms of our creativity. Primarily, we are creative beings, and all these conversations about these um, sort of additional things are really just to 
to make the creative process as, as, as joyful as, as it can be, because that's really what this is all about. So if you're creating this week, or if you've got a project that you're, you're excited to get uh, started on, I hope that you uh, are able to do that and have it be filled with love and joy and, and, and all the, all the reasons, all the good reasons why you got into being a creative in the first place. So I hope you get to live with gratitude this week and, and just enjoy everything that you're creating. Thank you to Yarrett Dore who shared her wisdom about um, intimacy on set and on stage. Thank you to you, the listeners, for uh, showing up, subscribing and downloading these episodes and sharing all your comments and thoughts on uh, on social media. Thanks to Martin for the post-production on this episode, to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune. If you want to keep the conversation going, do head over to the Creative Source um, socials. Primarily we're on Instagram, but we're going to have this Facebook group set up very soon. All right, guys, that's all for this week. I will see you next time when we are talking about being multi-talented. Have a great week and keep creating in joy and in gratitude. I will see you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.